This is Unclaimed Bands, show 214. Hey, Mr. Listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and tonight joining me is Megan Ruger. Welcome, Megan. Hey, hey. hey. So how, how are you doing t- tonight? I'm good. I'm sitting in traffic, actually, national traffic, <laughs> pouring oh, rain. Oh, God. Well, it's raining here, too, so we got that in common. And uh, although I'm not sitting in traffic, I, I feel for you. I've been there. People need to stop so, moving to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's this? I said people need to stop moving to Nashville. It never used to be this bad. Well, you know, that whole music scene thing being vibrant and all that, it's going to attract people. It's booming. city is booming. So, we'll tell you what, before we get into, into that and, and before we give a traffic update for everybody out there, uh, <laughs> why don't we let people listen to a song um, of yours? Which, what are we going to let them listen to first? All right, I'm in the studio right now. We're finishing up this album, and uh, this song is called Why Does Your Bad Feel So Good? Okay, I love the title and I love the song. Uh, this is Why Does Your Bad Feel So Good? <laughs>
Why does your bed feel so good? Uh, my guest is Megan Ruger. And Megan, I, you said, like you said, it's a new song. Uh, it's not not fully baked yet, although it sounds great. Can you tell us something about that song before we start talking about what you're working on? Yeah, so that no one's heard it yet, but you guys are the first listeners, so uh, please feel free to give me some opinions. But uh, the song uh, has got a you know a, a naughty little vibe to it, and I've kind of been known as a little bit of a rebel in Nashville and. Uh, it was written by Peter Amato, who works on The Voice. He does all the music programming stuff that you don't even see him. He's behind closed doors. And he played it for me when I was in L.A., and I just fell in love with the song. And it was kind of a country version when he first played it to me, and we totally changed it up and added a lot of a rock elements to it. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> De- yeah. Definitely changed that from country. Mm-hmm. Um, have have, well, you know, I mean, since you steered it in that direction, so many different ways to go. Um, well, let's go with let's go with uh, the new record right now. So you're working on a new record. Is it going to be a, a EP, full record? Uh, we're shooting for seven to eight songs, so I'm hoping to consider it as a full full length album. I think anything over six is so. Yeah. That's my my thing, and and so as you're you know working on these songs. Um, now, besides this song, is he has he worked with you on any other songs? Uh, Peter hasn't, no. But he did introduce me to Fred Corey from Cinderella, and uh, Fred wrote the next song that I'll introduce to you guys. And uh, between the two of them, guys, they're uh, big supporters of mine, and I'm really excited to work with both those guys. Oh, that's cool. I, I can, uh, I don't know, I'm, you know letting people know how old I am, but I don't have a problem with that. I remember seeing Cinderella <laughs> around here before they ever got signed and everything on the East Coast. So it's cool oh, that those, uh, those guys are still working some stuff. Oh, I know. They're the best. I saw Lizzie Hale covered Nobody's Fool um, mm. with uh, Tom Kiefer in Nashville, and I need to, I want to try to cover that song. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you mentioned you met Peter on, uh, he works for The Voice, and you were a contestant on The Voice. So, uh, tell me about that experience. Tell everybody about the experience and what's what's been like since uh, since you've been part of that. Yeah, the experience itself, I wish was more documented, and um, you know, I wish they showed more of the videos behind the scene because it's a super intense experience where I learned so much about who I am and how to sing harmony. I never even knew I could sing harmony and stuff. And um, when I got off the show, it's kind of one of those things you either push yourself to the limit or you just kind of give up, <laughs> I guess, because, you know, you hear sometimes, whatever happened to so-and-so after the voice? And um, so far, you know, and people hear about me, they're like, wow, she's done this and that and that. And I opened up for my idol last year, uh, Joan Jett. And actually, I, w- I opened up for my favorite rock band, too, Foreigner, when I first got off the show. And then uh, just opened up for Joan Nichols this last weekend. It's kind of weird because uh, I've been opening for both country and rock artists. But um, the show's really given me a platform to kind of catapult me into the next next stage of my career. Well, you know, t- talking about that, we've we've interviewed a couple people who've been on some of the other shows, 
And to me, I'll be honest, I'm not just saying this uh, to you, but I think that the way that the voice does it is so, it seems to me, so much more hands-on from uh, another person I spoke to as opposed to some of the other shows which are more like, well, let's let's make it showy, you know what I mean, and, and all that. Uh, and as far as you opening for uh, for doing some opening for some country acts and stuff like that too, even though you you know you're definitely in the rock category. I mean, you're on Blake Shelton's team. I mean, that's got to lend some street cred to the people out there in the country world. I would imagine and said, okay, you know, uh, let's <laughs> yeah. have her in here. I chose but, Blake because I live in Nashville, and the the um, producers told us to pick somebody that we see ourselves really gelling with, and you know hanging with and I'd already hung out with him in Nashville so I was like cool I'll pick Blake Shelton but then I didn't even expect for Usher to turn for me so it kind of threw me for a loop and then now I'm kind of kicking myself in the ass <laughs> that I should have picked Usher because I thought Blake was going to work with me more and kind of give me the, the rock direction that he said he was and he, he didn't he lied kind of so <laughs> oh, imagine damn that. you Blake Shelton yeah yeah but, exactly um, right but yeah, so I, I kind of, I mean, I grew up on country music in Wisconsin, and then I moved to Nashville and kind of realized that just country music really wasn't for me, and um, I'm a big, a big rock fan, so I've been trying to put a little bit of different elements into the CD, and um, I'm able to open for both country acts or rock acts, you know? Country music is definitely not how it used to be anyways, so. No, no, absolutely not. Um, well, you know, prior to all of this and, and, you know, uh, what you're doing today and what you were doing with the voice and as you said, growing up in Wisconsin, how did you, you know, choose to say like, yeah, music's what I want to do. How did that come about for you? Well, my parents were really influential for me. Um, and my grandparents, uh, my grandparents used to play Patsy Cline and Eddie Arnold and lots of country acts for me when I was little. And then my parents when I was starting to, to be in my teens, played me Bob Seger and Leonard Skinner and um, Tracy Chapman and Four Non Blondes. And so I got really, I got both ends of the spectrum, country and rock. And then when I started realizing I could sing, I started singing at like fairs when I was seven years old and then really got serious about 16 years old. Um, my hometown is Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. There's a country music festival there called Country Thunder USA. And mm-hmm. uh, I started singing the National Anthem there before the second to main act. So I was opening for Joan, uh, Joan, for um, Big and Rich. And um, I did Leonard Skinner. I opened for Daryl Worley, Kelly Pickler, all these acts. And every time I hung out with them backstage, they were all like, you know, if you really want to do music, you need to move to Nashville. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so as soon as I turned 20 years old, I was like, you know what, I'm doing this. So I pretty much just up and left my little hometown and moved to Nashville and uh, started playing on Broadway, which is the main strip in Nashville. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's like yes. hard work. It's grueling. Yeah. You you play for four hours. You play for tips, you know. And so when the voice came around, I was like, okay, it's time to see if I can get out of this four hours you know, grueling work, and so that's why I decided to do the voice. Was I needed something different? Oh yeah, I mean it makes perfect sense. Uh, but you know, obviously, you know, it's great to hear it was it, it wasn't just whatever happened to the voice that led you to open up for people like Joan Jett or Farner, but obviously, you know, you were doing that at a very early age. That's that's incredible. That's really great. Yeah, no, really, to... I, <laughs> I was a I was a badass before the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you just weren't made that way by, well, not by Blake anyway. Right. So, um, You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, now that you've, now that you've done that, and you did the did paid your dues during the four hours and everything. I mean, uh, is that behind you now? Are you able to perform and, and tour regularly and, and support yourself this way? I mean, is it, I mean, it's difficult being an independent artist that I imagine. It's super difficult. Um, I'm not beyond that, actually. I wish I could say I was, but um, I'm still paying my dues on Thursday nights. I play at Nashville on Big um, on Second Avenue at Big Shots. And, um, but I am fortunate to, to travel on the weekends. I just opened for Joe Nichols this past weekend, both Friday and Saturday night. And, uh, I'm, uh, in New Orleans this next weekend. So I'm traveling a lot, but still, you know, musicians don't make nearly as much as we deserve, I would like to say, because it seems like we put so much hard work and, uh, all the blood, sweat, and tears that we can into it. And it just seems like we never get back what we put into it. I, I would Especially agree with you on that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, in Nashville because everybody plays. Everybody sings. And it's like, if you won't play for $30, someone else will. Yeah, the oversaturation of, of artists kind of makes it a, 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 a kind of like a, a venues uh, kind of thing where they can, no problem, we'll find someone else. Yeah, so, it's I, so I mean, unappreciated. Terrible. But, you know, now... As far as uh, as far as everything else you've been you've been working on uh, now, prior to the interview, okay, people, I'm not going to try to sneak this in like a segue or something, but uh, <laughs> you said that you've been working on uh, working on a soundtrack for a movie. Yeah, I just actually left the studio just now. Um, so one of the uh, writers that I wrote with um, one of the songs on my new album, which doesn't even have a title yet, but it's got like a cool. I don't know, Cheap Trick slash Joan Jet vibe, I guess. It's like a sing-along. Uh, he has a brother in the, um, the movie industry, and he came up to me and said, hey, I think your voice would be cool on this track. Kind of Evanescence meets, I don't even know. It's very kind of dark, gothic, but it, it wails, and I'm super excited about it. The movie, I think, is going to be called Help Me, possibly. They start okay. shooting in April. But uh, it's pretty interesting because I'm like, man, this could be my break, too. Who knows? Either my album or just the song being in a movie could strike someone's fancy, and then they'd be like, who is this trick? So I'm hoping between my album, all the songs that I've written on it, Fred Corey's song, Peter Amato's song, and now this song, something's got to give. It's time. I've <laughs> paid my dues. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, obviously, a movie's just a movie soundtrack just goes in a completely different direction, taps different fields. So that's that's always a cool cool setup that to possibly you know help help break you a little bit bigger. Yeah, I also so, got like a, a an acting bug in me after I did a uh, the voice too. I never realized how much I really kind of like acting. You know, because you uh, put on a show, a lot of the things that they say and make us do on the show, you know, are or a little bit of acting. No, no, it's scripted. <laughs> it's a little acting. Never. Just a little bit. There were a few things I never would have said or sang. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, we're not gonna. We're not gonna. I don't want to ruin too many people's illusions who are, you know, no. watching that, going, "Oh my god, I just can't wait." No. Oh god, I can't pick on other shows. I gotta. I gotta be professional. A little bit. Yeah. No, I don't want to be that girl. But. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you, you, you took it. You've, you know, you've used that experience to go. Um, use it to your advantage where I think a lot of people and 
Well, maybe not a lot, but I think, a, uh, all right, I'll say it. A lot of people, I think they go on shows like that and, um, you know, they sit back and go, okay, when, it, when did it, you know, when did it happen for me? Right. I, th- I think famously, when you look at the year that uh, Clay Aiken came in second, he certainly made more of it than whoever really wanted. I even forgot that guy's name, so. That is interesting. That is really interesting how you said that, too, for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, really I feel like I was one name. of the lucky ones. You know, I'm not in a contract. I was able to meet people, and I got some of the best friends in the world out of that show, which is really crazy, because everyone asked me what's the, my favorite thing out of the show, and plus, trust me, I loved hair and makeup and hugging Adam Levine. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, I got friends. I'm going to Vegas in March. My best friend Kay, uh, Callie Tucker lives out there, and I'm singing for Monster Jam out there, and her and I and Carrie Lane and Ryan White Maloney, which are the other contestants from my season, we're all doing mm-hmm. a show together. So, you know. Oh, that's great. Just, there's so many things that lead up to that. So it just depends on how much you want it and how bad you can yeah 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 I, I i totally agree with that well tell you what why don't we take a pause for another song uh all right what are we gonna let people hear this time all righty fred Corey from cinderella wrote this song and it's called red all right this is red my guest is megan ruger on a meter of it's hot and hot as hell we're beyond the point of no return as far as i can tell on the scale of zero to infinity we're blinking out the system, crossing boundaries Don't stop what you're doing, I ain't felt this before Don't stop for a second, baby, give me, give me more We're peaking and we're rocking, the Richter's off the charts I know where you're taking me, it's very, very far To the red, to the red, you're pushing all my buttons To the edge, to the edge, I'm getting such a rush It's so intense, so intense, to the
That was red. Megan, what is the best place for people to find out uh, what's going on with you and keep in touch and, and everything? What are the best places? All right. So I have my website, www.meganruger.com. And all the links to my social media should be in the bottom of that. <laughs> I have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think that's about it. I'm hiring oh. a, anyone wants to run that by way for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, well, people, social media is you know, exhausting. Oh, isn't it? I know. I totally, totally understand that. Um, but you know, it's it's difficult being social over the computer. I don't get that, but it's a lot easier just to go out and have a beer with people and be social that way. Right. Yeah. Why can't but, that be yeah. a thing? <laughs> Again. I don't know. I'm um, serious. I'm hiring a high schooler to run my social media any day now. <laughs> Hey, anybody out there listening, go to the website, send an email <laughs> in, resume, right? You're hired. There you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should do that. Um, listen, I gotta, here you go. Just off the top here, what's the first song or what's the first record, tape, cassette, whatever that you remember buying? Ooh, I remember buying. That's a tough one. Okay, it's it probably in the nineties. I would have to say Ace of Base, maybe. Ace of Base. Wow, I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably one of the first records. And then, yeah, first album I probably ever bought was Around Men. I think it was like the nineties. But yeah, I'm I trying to bring it back actually too. I was just talking about my bands and I doing that song The Sign the other day. I was like, we should do this. <laughs> there, there you go. That, oh, nobody, I don't. I, I haven't heard anybody else covering it. So I think I had a choreographed moves to that song too with my friends. <laughs> bring, bring back the whole show. Yep. I uh, missed the nineties. Music was so different in the nineties. Uh, yes, very true. Very true. I, I I try not to look back on that too often, and and then I start getting depressed. <laughs> Yeah, me just, too. You know, I'll just like the Kurt, Grammys and going, oh, what the hell? If only Kurt Cobain would see what the music industry was like today. I'm afraid he would have quit before he started. <laughs> Probably. Um, so you mentioned you tour on weekends and stuff like that. How far? How far out have you toured? Where do you Where do you get to? For people who how haven't far seen your show. Flies? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, Colorado's probably the farthest I've gone so far in a van <laughs> on the road <laughs> myself, which is far. It seems like. Uh, yeah, forever. oh yeah, 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 from 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 Nashville, absolutely. But um, now, yeah. Now, do you like touring? I mean, do you like going out on the road? Oh, I love it. I just wish I had a bus driver and a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, while you're at it, uh, please uh, apply for bus drivers, and if anybody's got a bus to sell cheap, yep. I figure we're already searching for some a webmaster for you. This is my, yeah, I'm hiring for lots of different <laughs> positions. <laughs> so the, the the band that you play with, are they the, are these guys that regularly play with you, or do you just pick people up as you need them for, for going out on tours? Uh, I try to keep the same players if I can. It happens sometimes in Nashville, you know, the guy's got to go where the money's at, and whoever has regular work. So sometimes I'll have to switch out a player or two. 
but for the most part, I have the same group of guys. Uh, I borrowed Chase Rice's bass player this last weekend. And, um, yeah. But I drive a lot on the road myself because I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> I would not have gotten that from you because you certainly don't come off as a diva. So, okay. No, I'm not a diva. I just, I get, I fear for my life when I let others drive and then they're also text messaging and I'm trying to sleep in the back and not die. Oh, okay. So it's less about controlling and just more of trying to survive. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I should reword <laughs> that sometimes. <laughs> I am the same way. If, if there's a car involved that I'm in it, I got to be behind the wheel. So. Yeah. Plus, I'm just a really good driver. I'm from Wisconsin. I learned to drive in the snow. <laughs> you know, great point. Great point. I got a lot of friends that live out that way, and, uh, yeah, they tell me the same thing. I, uh, you know, they, they're they like, no, we drove to work today. I'm like, what are you talking about? You got so much snow. What the hell are you doing out there? I, you know, I get, yeah. I get three inches. I'm like, nope, I'm going to stay in today. Yeah, I learned um, with my father screaming, turn into it, turn into it, you know, <laughs> slipping and sliding in a van. Like in a van, no less. Yeah, you're, okay, you're more Dad. than set. <laughs> so, where do you where do you want to see your career in in the next three years? Where do you want to be at? Uh, I mean, everyone wants to be say you know they want to be famous and whatever, but I just I just want to be content with touring and you know I don't want it to be so like much of a struggle. I know you know life is always a struggle, but being an independent artist is really hard. And I just think that if I'm to the point where I'm touring, you know, I don't know how many shows a year, but at least, you know, a lot to, to be financially set and, and just to travel the world. I want to be able to play in Australia and Italy and, you know, and right now I'm playing (laughs) as far as Colorado, which is awesome, but I just want to expand it's a start. It's a start. I think. I think that's a you. You got a worthwhile goal there for, for coming yeah. up. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'd like stone. to be Lady Gaga status. That's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I no, I understand. Quote myself. <laughs> no, Where no, I'll no. be in three years. That's okay. Just, just kind of curious about that. I'm a dreamer. Um, I'm a dreamer. I, I hope that in three years I'll be, you know, at a yeah. high status. With, with the new record that you're working on, uh, do you have a, any time frame? guesstimate of when that might be released when might, people might be able to expect it well now with this other horror movie soundtrack song we might add that to the album so uh i think i might just start releasing one song at a time actually and then the the whole album might not be released for another couple months um i was fortunate taste here and there yeah i was fortunate to like make the album because of my indiegogo backers and so they will get all the songs as soon as each one's finished right away because they're the ones that help fund the album. So how so was that campaign successful for you? I know some people have success, some people don't. Yeah, uh, I was shooting to do a music video as well, but I didn't hit that goal. But I think the music video is going to come about anyways because I'm starting to get traction and starting to get attention from investors and labels and things, so... And the video is going to be really awesome. It's going to be for that song, Red. And um, I have a pyro guy that's going to be... I'm going to have pyrotechnics in it. And they're going to light me on fire and all sorts of crazy stuff. Okay, keep the back teen handy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can actually watch the video when they test 
lit me on fire. And it's in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, fire is really very, very dangerous thing, but it's really cool to me. <laughs> so, so there's a test video of that someplace? Yeah, there's a video on YouTube that you can watch that um, when I did my Indiegogo campaign, I showed a little bit of what it's going to be like when I do do the music video. They had a test to make sure I wasn't afraid of fire, which I'm strikingly very calm in the video. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're the first Molly person Crew I know on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a huge Molly Crew fan, and uh, I'm super jealous of all the pyro and any any artists that I've seen that have pyro in their um, videos. Like, I love it. Well, I would think it's going to be a little bit safer for you because, I, you know, four guys with that much hairspray, that's a lot more dangerous <laughs> out there. Yeah, I used to actually light my hairspray on fire on stage. <laughs> my band hated it. <laughs> that does not surprise me right now after this conversation. <laughs> uh, I was like, don't oh, worry, God. guys, I watched it on YouTube. I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> totally cool. I know what I'm doing here. It's all right. My band was like, what the hell, Megan? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay, I'm sure there's some future therapy there, but that's another time. <laughs> well, listen, you never Megan, know with me. <laughs> before we wrap everything up here, first off, I want to thank you for taking time to do the interview. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank you thank for you. submitting through Reverb Nation because that's really the only way that I would be able to uh, discover you so early before you hit everywhere, being all the way out here in Philadelphia. But uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. But before we go, is there anything you want to say to your fans out there? Uh, just that I'm so grateful for the fact that I have such a, an immense support group. I have the best fans in the world, literally. And uh, that I couldn't be doing what I'm doing without them. Nice. Well, Megan, oh, once again, thank you. Um, I appreciate it. It's been fun talking with you, and I really like your music. I can't wait till the uh, the full thing comes out, uh, full record, and uh, and see, and may, maybe even that horror movie. You have to let me know what what horror, you know, when the horror movies, in case the title change or something else like that. I will. Uh, yeah. Let Thank you. Know about it. And uh, you know, everybody out there, you've you know, you've just listened to the interview. You've got the address. You're probably sitting at the computer. You got your smartphone. Go check out Megan's uh, Facebook page or internet page, Twitter page, all of it, and uh, see when she's coming down. If you're in Nashville, go see her on Thursday night, right? Yeah, That's a regular see gig. when I'm, yep, Thursday nights, big shots, and see when I'm coming to a city near you. I'm working on Philadelphia, hopefully soon. You let me know about that one, okay, definitely. Uh, I'll be I there. will. Uh, until next time, everybody, uh, this is Sean from Claim Bands. Make sure you tune back in for more great artists like Megan, and uh, we'll see you or hear you some other time. Later. Thank you. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of the Unclaimed Bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.